Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Welcome back at Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller with Jeff Nowak getting you the latest heading into week 15 of the season. Just four games left, Jeff. It's almost over. Yay. The pain, the misery is almost over with this Saints season, but then you'll go into depression over there being no football. So anyway, we... Well, we there will be football. <laughs> there will be football. The Saints just won't be involved in it. Mercifully, well, there will be no Saints football so I can actually enjoy the playoffs like, just like last year. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, you're correct. I'll be missing it pretty quickly, but I won't be missing this season. Let's put it that way. No, it's been it's been brutal, but there was good news. Dun dun dun, dun at at practice at least. You had, you know, a guy like Eric McCoy back, which is obviously huge news for the offensive line. I think the center position very I don't want to say undervalued, but underappreciated, I guess you could say, because we've had some decent fill-ins, but it's not Eric McCoy, and I feel like he is one of the better centers in the NFL. Yeah, so well, so we're going to get into some of the news. So obviously, Eric McCoy back. There's a few other notable things. We're getting into that in the first segment here. It's going to be quick. And then in the back half, we're going to get into some, some viewer listener questions. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, so first things first, as you mentioned, Eric McCoy is back. He hurt his calf, 
I think it was in the win over the Raiders. I can't quite remember, but it was it was either the Raiders or the Ravens game. He left early in the Ravens game. Yeah, it was the sure. Ravens game. Night. Okay, right. so yeah, so he's been out since week nine. And yeah, so yeah, anytime you lose your center, it's really tough to value like how important a center is to your offense because they aren't really doing that much that you're kind of recording statistically. You're mm-hmm. kind of just expecting them to be there and to do their job. They just uh, snapped the ball. Yeah, snap the ball. Yeah. Don't <laughs> screw up. Don't do anything like to make us say your name and you had a good game, right? And so... That's why it's tough to gauge, okay, what is the replacement difference of Eric McCoy versus Josh Andrews, right, versus moving Caesar over? And last week, or not last week, week 14, week 13, rather, you actually sat Josh Andrews down. He had played the the three weeks prior to that, and you put Caesar Ruiz in at setter. And, you know, there's a good reason the Saints opted not to do that the first couple weeks, and it's because – Putting Josh Andrews in at center means you are obviously losing something at center, but you are at least keeping the status quo at guard. Whereas moving Caesar Ruiz at, to center means you are not only taking that step back from Eric McCoy to Caesar at center, which isn't as big of a step back, but it is a step back. And then you are also taking a step back at guard where you are now playing a backup. And so it really hurts you at multiple positions. And I think, I think that's a big reason the Saints really struggled to rug the to run the ball against the Bucs. But hopefully, you know, Eric McCoy is back at practice. That doesn't mean he's going to play this week, but it means he's getting a lot closer. The other guy we got back, Pete Werner, he has been out since, I believe, also the Ravens game. Kate Nellis has filled in remarkably well, and Dennis Allen has said, you know, he's going to keep getting run. Um, however, they have to figure it out. Obviously, you have this is a team that typically will only pay, play two linebackers at any time. Sometimes you get into more base sets, and I think you're going to see more base over the final four weeks of the season, trying to get all three of those guys on the field. Um, But yeah, so the bad news is the Saints season is effectively over. You know, maybe something crazy could happen. They're not mathematically eliminated yet. The good news is they're getting healthy for these final four games. So maybe you can get some positive momentum, however things end uh, heading into the offseason. And you can't forget the oft-injured but not forgotten linebacker Chase Hansen back off. Yes. IR. Chase Hansen. Big Chase. We've never seen him in game action, but he manages to stick around. Yeah, I, I can't recall ever like saying his name during a game. I've said his name during preseason games. I can't remember ever saying his name during an actual game. Uh, but yeah, good to have him back. Good to see guys heading healthy. But a guy who's going the opposite direction, and I think we all could have kind of seen this coming, Mark Ingram, headed to injured reserve. He has that ACL injury. He was probably going to miss the final four games of the season either way. But this now guarantees that. And it's a bummer for Mark, you know, who knows where, whether this is the end of his career, right? Like his, his saints contract is done after this season. I would be surprised if they brought him back, just knowing they need to get a little younger at that position, but you never know, you know, maybe he'll sign a, sign a short-term team friendly deal, but he's also 32, 32 years old and could very much retire. This is a time of their, of the career where many running backs would be like, you know what? Let's call it. He's had a great career. He's the Saints franchise career leader in rushing yards. So it's not like he's got a lot holding him to the game of football beyond really wanting to play. And so, yeah, so he'll be out the rest of the season and uh, you're going to turn the page at that backup running back. It's hard to imagine that obviously his last play be that sure hope short, it's of, not. That yeah. short of the sticks. Right. Exactly. Yeah, just- that would be a bummer way to end a career. But, you know, that's again, we, I talked about this after the game. It's like, if you think that is the defining moment of Mark Ingram's Saints career, then you haven't been paying attention, right? Like 
every he, he sure yes it was a bad play his knee was exploding he's literally done for the season uh because of because he came back and played but this guy has done a lot of good things for the saints so appreciate mark ingram stop trashing the players like it's so tiring to watch to to, to see people just trashing guys left and right like it's a bad season it's a rough season don't need to be like turn into this toxic fan base. It's like, you just got to kind of deal with it. Like it sucks, but everyone has to deal with the crappy football. No, it totally right sucks. Right. Cause you think of how breeze went out too. I mean, to like, I'm not saying at the same level of player, but definitely that's some big time stature in this NFL, this saints franchise. And they've just had rough endings to their like really unfortunate endings to their career. Well, let's put it this way, right? The career passing leader retires. The coach that, you know, the, the uh, hands down best coach in Saints history retires. Mark Ingram, the all time leading rusher in Saints history, probably retires. So, so that's a lot. That's a lot of, uh, you know, as a, there's a Mount Rushmore somewhere, and, and uh, you know, those names probably but on. Wait, it. Sean's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't spoil the surprise. But okay, so we talked about the guys who were hurt, who guys who were coming back. There was one name coming into the fold, a guy I'm actually. Pretty excited about because I think the Saints saw a lot of things from him earlier this season because they had no choice. And that's Eno Benjamin. They tried to claim him off waivers when the Cardinals cut him in kind of a surprise move after he kind of got into it with Cliff Kingsbury about not having the role he was expecting or hoping for when James Conner got healthy after he had played really well in his absence. Uh, And so they cut him. And then he got the Saints tried to claim him. He was a popular guy on waivers. He ended up at Houston for two weeks, played in one game, got one carry or no, three carries for one yard. Didn't really didn't do anything. Then he got cut and the saints claimed him. So Eno Benjamin is now on the roster and I'd expect him to step right in at that backup running back position. And, you know, he's a guy who you can get a really good look at over the final four games, knowing that there's not a ton of pressure in terms of, okay, you know, he doesn't really know the offense. We don't want to put him in a situation where he might cost us a game. Season's over. Why not? Get a good look at this guy. And maybe, you know, maybe he's a young running back. He's 23 years old that, that you can bring back next year and and have some confidence in because that has been something that I've been very critical of this season and in the season's past is you just don't have any young up-and-coming running backs that can step in in situations like you found last week where Alvin Kamara had to come off the field and your only option was to put the guy in there who you had to know had a busted knee. and the result was you didn't get a first down on a play you objectively should have got a first down on, you know? And so uh, hopefully he can, he can make an impact because Alvin hasn't made an impact over the last month. I've and been waiting. Like, it's like, okay, this is the week that's, it's, it's going to happen now. And I don't know. It's just, we had one Camara explosion this year and then that was it really. I mean, he's gotten yarded sure, but not, not of late even. He had two games. He had two big games. Right. He had a 200 yard game. I think it was against the Seahawks. And he had. (laughs) How could it not be? (laughs) Yeah. And then he had the big three touchdown game against the Raiders, obviously. So, yeah, he's had two big games. And then that's really it. You know, usually it'll be like, okay, yeah, he has these massive games. Like even in 2020, he had the, you know, six touchdown game against the, the Vikings. But he also had a lot of like good games, like solid games, games that you're like, okay, he was a big, he was a big part of that result. This year, he's only topped. 65 rushing yards twice. Twice. All season. Ouch. Alvin Kamara. 65. That's not a crazy number. I said it at 65, but he has a, he's had a game with 62. 
Uh, he had a game with 61, but I mean, those aren't, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a lot of yards. Like, I don't think saying if 65 is a number that you should be able to get by, it's, it's kind of arbitrary, but again, it's like, you have not had a impact performance. You could get 20 rushing yards on one play. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, you could get like, if you're having a big game, you get a third of that on one decent run. That's not even a great run. That's just a good run. And so, I mean, you just haven't had those chunk plays from him and, and that's frustrating. And it's not like, it's not like you've seen a ton of receiving yards either, right? He's had over 50 receiving yards, only one, two, three times. So how does that, I mean, that's, that's not a star running back. That's no. And then you say, Oh, he got three touchdowns and you're like, Oh, in a game. Yeah. In a game, but also that was it all year. (laughs) You know, I know better that he's too good of a weapon, not, not to have more than that. It's just, that's a weird dysfunction in this offense this year. He has more fumbles than touchdowns. Oh man. That's brutal. (laughs) That hurts. It does. That hurt. Yeah. That, that, That hurt right there. He has the same number of fumbles in the red zone as he has touchdowns in the red zone because he scored from outside the red zone on two of those touchdowns against the Raiders because there were catches and he hit fumbled on the one yard line against the 49ers. So yeah, it's been rough. So all that said, I do like the idea of getting a young guy in here who has something to prove and maybe can make an impact. And I do like his skill set. I like his kind of dual threat ability. He runs hard. He breaks tackles. He can catch the ball that touchdown he had against the saints in that week seven game, when he had a hundred and what a hundred and twelve total yards, two hundred and thirteen total yards, I think he ran for ninety two and he caught twenty one yards. That touchdown he had, where he just powered into the end zone, kind of fell right. I mean, that ended that game. The Saints actually had you know a pipe dream of maybe trying to come back and make that a game, and he ended it right there. So maybe that's something where you can build off of and you can be happy about it going into the offseason and saying, wow, we finally have a little bit of positivity, a young player at the running back position. But who knows? He could also get cut in two weeks. (laughs) I I just worry, obviously, about why is he bouncing around so much? Yeah, well, so that's... We knew knew about the clash in Arizona, then, man, you, you didn't even... You barely unpacked in Houston. Why did Houston claim him if they weren't going to play him? It seems odd because they have nothing else. Well, really. they have Damian Pierce. <laughs> That's <laughs> the thing is if you look at the list of things that the Texans need, a young running back isn't on that list. Like they want to play Damian Pierce. And so it's like, oh, you brought me in so you could have me sit on the bench and, and make plays on special teams. You know, I, I would have been annoyed too. I went to college in Arizona. So like <laughs> that's where his entire football career has been. It's pretty well settled in Arizona. He was the seventh round pick in 2020. And then all of a sudden he's in Houston on this this just rudderless franchise. So, you know, maybe he was just like, yeah, guys, this isn't working out. It just, it's, I'm not saying, you know, it's huge red flag, but it is a little concern there it's like well what's why is the why is his attitude seem to be an issue now with two franchises i mean what but what are you concerned about well i mean we got enough problems here i don't need more like a whatever causing more disruption you want total total and utter chaos think i don't, that I don't running, think he's gonna come in and ruin the locker room yeah i mean i i that's not like that's the thing is this this team actually does have a lot of veteran leadership on it and they have held together pretty well despite one of the worst seasons you can remember. So like, that's not what I'm worried about, right? I do want to see him get playing time. What I would be worried about is you bring him in and then you just don't play him at all. You don't give him a chance. 
and you end up elevating David Johnson from the practice squad and playing him for for no reason. It's like there's no bad ideas at this point in the season other than giving playing time to people who you don't have any upward trajectory for. You know their ceiling. It's not getting any higher. So you're just doing that, right? It's it's the same reason I want to see Rashid Shaheed get featured, right? I want to see Chris Olave get featured. I want to see guys who are the future of the team getting a chance to expand their skill set rather than continuing to run back the same movie over and over and over again. That's what I want to see done differently. Well, now you definitely at running back have Ingram down. You have Dwayne Washington who's sick, Who so who knows? So Eno might be getting a handful of snaps right away. I couldn't, I could, I could definitely picture that. Well, Um, this week is tough, right? Like he's, yeah, he's coming in. He has to learn the playbook and what's going to slow him down. And what is always going to slow a running back down, getting into a new system is pass protection, right? You have to be able to hold up in pass protection. You have to be able to know the checks. You have to be able to know the language and the offense. And so this week, I I don't know how much you're going to see him and maybe they do elevate David Johnson and play him. But, you know, weeks 16, 17, and 18, he should be, I don't know about getting featured, but he should be getting a heavy run, especially if, you know, the mathematical projections suddenly eliminate you from the playoffs, right? Like, right now, you you have to continue to play to give yourself the best chance to win, regardless of who you're putting on the field, because there is that outside shot of, okay, you win out and the Bucks go one and three, whatever. Right. The second that's no longer the case, I almost think you shut down Alvin Kamara and you say, hey, you know, go for it. See what you got. You know, you shut you shut down a guy like, yeah, I don't know if you shut down Jarvis because he's on a one year deal anyway. But like what, what you don't want to have happen is the season's over and Alvin's getting 25 carries and blowing out his knee. And then next year he's 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 dealing with that. That's what you want to avoid in a lost season is making things worse than they have to be. Does that make sense? I don't even know though. Would he want to sit just to to rest to sit the way out when even though Alvin? nothing? Yeah, I don't even care what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, genuinely. I would, I would say he's got a say in it. I don't. No, I, I I don't think you have a say in it when you would just rest him just because the game. Yeah, you're shutting him down. You're shutting him down. <laughs> oh, he's I had can't. plenty of opportunity to make his name in this season. He doesn't have to do it in the final three games where you're out of you're out. Of, and I'm saying when you're out of contention, out of contention, literally no mathematical chance to make the playoffs. I shut him down and sure. He might not like it, but if he wanted that to not be the case, he could have made a bigger impact when the games mattered. And then, so then we're just featured with Eno. You're seeing what he has. You're giving guys a run. You're seeing what they have to offer. I see no problem with that whatsoever. You, you see what guys like Kirk Merritt have to offer, right? You don't have that many young guys, <laughs> right? You no, got to right. see what they have. I just can't imagine. Maybe it's just the last game of the year kind of thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking way too much into this. Like the rest of the season is so many games even. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about this week. I'm not even talking about next week, probably. I'm talking about like the last two weeks of the season, right? This guy's played 50 in games. It's not like he's only, you know, like he's been there all but one game. I, we can pretend he's healthy. I don't believe that he's healthy. And to some extent, no one's healthy at this point in the season. 
right? So you're going to list him on the injury report with whatever injury he's playing through because everyone's playing through something and you're going to say, yeah, okay, it's bad. That's what I would do because... It was a situation like when he gave that speech to the locker room, all his swag like got sucked out of him and and like just, I don't know. He's He has not been the same guy after his big locker room speech. After one game, he had one game and that's it. But all right, let's wrap up that segment there and we'll get into some questions after the break here on Inside Black Eagle. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We're back here on Inside Black and Gold on this very rainy, rainy Wednesday and windy. Don't forget about the wind. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. Hopefully you're staying staying dry, staying out of the wind. There's a tornado warning that uh, I know it hit, hit a few people. But, you know, we're, we're, we still have electricity and power. So, you know, that's, you know, you can't complain. But all right, we're going to get into a mailbag here. We're going to talk about some questions, some questions about the Saints. First, Jerry G. Jorge Juniors says, Heard we got a new running back off waivers. Yes, we did. Bean, Eno, I almost said Bino Benjamin. Eno Benjamin. EBJ, if you will. Not to be confused with OBJ. Uh, Eno Benjamin. We talked about him a lot in the first segment. But yeah, so I like this. I like the move bringing in a young running back and just giving giving somebody just a dose of something. Like, I, I just want to see him get out there and see if he can spark this offense at all. And, you know. Who, who knows? Maybe he it's looked a guy. like he, he showed little like a blip or two at Arizona, and then yeah, like you said, wasn't wasn't utilized at Houston at all. But four point three a carry this year. He ran well. He ran 7. well in Arizona. Seven an average on a catch. I mean, one of the reasons he's no longer in Arizona was that he played so well that he was incensed by the idea that James Conner came back healthy and Cliff Kingsbury was like. Oh yeah, yeah. Go to the bench, you know. He was like, "What the hell?" Like, it's like I, I averaged seven point seven yards a carry against the Saints. <laughs> you can't even find a spot for me. Well, what's James ever done anyway? So I mean, like, if if he had played like crap, then he probably wouldn't have been as as frustrated by that. He had he was playing well, and that's why it was a surprise when he got cut. And there was at least four teams that put in a waiver claim on him, and the Saints were too far down the priority to get him. 
This time, for whatever reason, maybe it's because it's later in the season, maybe because those teams no longer need a running back, the Saints were able to get him. You know, and the Saints are also pretty high on the waiver priority because they're bad. So who knows if if another team put in a claim on him this time. But the Saints got him. It's going to be interesting to watch. He was not at practice today, I I think you said, unless he was wearing a secret number that we don't know about. Right. I, I can't imagine that, though. Um, what's funny is his only other touchdown of the season is against the Eagles. Yeah, he's a star killer. <laughs> there you go. From, from the highest highs to the lowest lows, Eno gets it done. All right, we're gonna go to gonna go to Robert Arton. The way this season is going, I thought I was back in the '60s and '70s. <laughs> it is it is really funny to look at this fan base and to be like, so many are just like feeling this way for the first time. Because, and and not like having a rough season, like you had the seven and nine seasons. It's happened before, but in the sense of like. They in those seasons you always had Drew Brees and Sean Payton, and you were like, okay, we gotta we gotta improve the team around them, but we have this this nucleus that you know can lead this team out of it. And they did, right? They had one of the best three, four year stretches you'll ever see. I think they were either first or second overall in terms of a record over that four year stretch. I think the Chiefs might have been one game ahead of them, which you know, the, the difference is the Chiefs got to the Super Bowl but two or three times during that stretch. <laughs> and that's what made it frustrating. But this is the first time that I think that you've in since 2004, probably that you had a bad season. And then you were like, I don't think this is going to get better next year. Like, at least I don't feel like it's going to get better. It, it probably will, but like there's not a ton of positive energy around, okay, you don't feel like you have the quarterback of the future. Not a lot of people have confidence in the head coach, the defense, <laughs> have taken a step back all of the things that you thought were going to work haven't worked and so yeah i mean it, it we do it does feel like you're a lot closer to the paper bag days than you are closer to the to playoff super bowl days on the on the positive here i'll spin it for you on that and i'm gonna i can't believe i'm gonna say more of the positive things which is hilarious at least you drafted well this past season and you got chris olave uh you got Alonte taylor and we're still on wait and see on Trevor Penning, honestly. Yeah, well, that's another guy who, you know, I mentioned Eno Benjamin. I want to see him in there. Now that you are eliminated from the playoffs, or once you are eliminated from the playoffs, Trevor Penning needs to be in at left tackle. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I agree right. there. And so when you look back at 2017, one of the reasons this team was able to go on that run was you ended up with one of the best draft classes probably of all time. Right. In terms of Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, Alvin Kamara, Trey Hendrickson. Right. Don't look now. Alex Anzalone is playing, like right? one of the leading tacklers in the NFL for the Lions. He's having a great season. Al-Qadin Muhammad is like still playing. He's like just he's not like a huge player for the I think he's still on the Colts, but he's been a consistent player. Right. You had just this incredible draft. And did I even mention Marcus Williams? I don't even know. But like that allowed you to really build your roster around a nucleus of players on rookie deals that were starters. So you could bring in free agents and you can do a lot of things and you get a lot really flexible because of that. Now it gets more complicated when you get on the second contract and you have guys like Mar Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchick, Alvin Kamara making a ton of money. And so that limits what you can do. Um, but that's the luxury of this season. It feels like you had a really good draft class. It feels like you have Chris Olave, who you'll be able to get a ton of production out of on a rookie deal for a few more seasons. You have 
maybe Trevor Penning as a star left tackle. Who knows? We have to see. But he's going to be on a, on a rookie deal, so that gives you flexibility. You have Alante Taylor, you know, and you don't know what you have in DeMarco Jackson or, or, or uh, Jordan oh, Jackson, yeah. defensive tackle at Air Force. So you haven't seen them, so you don't know. I actually really like DeMarco Jackson. I think he's going to be a special teams contributor next season whenever he can get healthy. But, yeah, so that should help you. The only thing that's frustrating is you only had those five picks, and two of them that did not contribute, right? So what you need to start doing is valuing those assets so that you can have another draft like 2017. So when you are really just nailing it, nailing it, nailing it with your with your evaluations, you have the ability to bring those guys in, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what you need to see. But I think this team has a route back to relevance, but you have to do it the right way and you have to make the right decisions. And I'm not sure that they did that this past offseason in terms of the trades, in terms of going, pushing all the chips to the middle of the table for a team that is objectively average. And so, yeah, that's what I need to see change. Yeah, it's kind of hard to fathom now. Like, when did the team realize really that? When did Dennis Allen know? When did Pete Carmichael know that they'd rather go with Andy Dalton over Jameis, but kind of thing where they were they just waiting for an injury to inevitably take Jameis out because they wanted Dalton all along kind of thing. No, come on. It's, it's just, happened. it's just odd to me. I feel like that. They only they didn't even get through one game before he got hurt. How can that can't be the case? Right. But if he, if he's not dealing with injury right now, you would think he would get a shot at being the starter. And I know we've gone over this over and over and over, and you want to wring my neck through the camera. It's not about injuries. Right. But that's the thing. It's like, that's why I'm saying from the get then was Andy Dalton there, the guy. Uh, I think he, he was Dennis Allen's guy. I mean, I think Dennis Allen likes Andy Dalton. He does not like Jameis Winston. Whatever you want to infer into that, whatever, it is clearly the case. And that is why Andy Dalton is the starter, the unquestioned starter. The only right. one that's questions about it is the media, and they're getting the same answer. And so, yeah, I mean, the injuries were what got him off the field, and they are now not what keep, what's keeping him off the field. That is DA. Um, and, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. This is one that you might be able to, to to talk to a little bit. Jonas Avery Tomasi. Well, Lattimore will be back this week. Um, you know, he I think he's close. What what did, what was he out there doing at practice today? Has he been limited? Yeah, still limited. Um would sure like to obviously see him be a full go before they put him back. I thought he was close last week, though. So, you know, you talk about a situation with Kamara shutting him down for yeah. the year. I mean when you had a serious injury like Lattimore, why maybe risk that even further? I mean, we're talking about internal organs being damaged, and for him, definitely right now, becomes why put that body at further risk? I don't know why I don't feel that way about Kamara. To me, it's the question is like re-injury risk, right? Like, so I actually have a bigger question about Pete Werner than I do about Lattimore because I think his injury was so bizarre that – the odds that you re-injure it are actually probably pretty low. It's more of a pain thing and whether he can play without pain for a guy like Pete who had to have surgery on that ankle. And we've seen, you know, the saints deal with ankle injuries, right? We, we, we all know the, the obnoxious nature of ankle injuries. That's the, that's one where I'm like, if his ankle is not 110% 
and you send that guy out there and he re-injures it and suddenly it's impacting his offseason in games that do not matter, um, then that's that's something I'm going to question. I don't know if that's the case for Lattimore, but it, it, you they are clearly playing it safe because I guarantee you he desperately wanted to go out there and punch Mike Evans in the head. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> like, but I... I I think Pete will be back just because of the sheer fact that they put him in front of the podium today. I think so too. I think that's a sign that he is, he is going to be back, but I do wonder, I, and you know, it's and maybe his reps take go down, right? Maybe you start cycling him and Caden a little bit with that in mind, right? You don't want to overwork him, And that's the luxury of having Caden come out and play really well. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Lattimore back at, on a pitch count. Same with Pete. Um, because like, when guys are healthy, you can't just keep them out, especially when the games matter. I think you could pull fines from the NFL pretty quick if you start doing that. When the games don't matter, you can get away with some stuff. We're getting fined for fake injuries. Yeah, sure are. I said we like it's coming out of my paycheck. <laughs> I got to talk about it. It's like I'm paying. Yeah, it's like what is this nonsense you give me next to, to deal with the NFL? Ramsey Wars with Rashid in at wide receiver and kick returner. What do we do with Hardy? Well, nothing this year. He's on injured reserve. He's not coming back. They, they, if they were going to bring him back, they would have. So I think. I mean, I think he's done. I don't. I think he's he's on a one year tender. Paid him four million dollars this season. <laughs> Probably could have found a better use for that, just in terms of what you got, like which was virtually nothing out of it. Right? You got a couple a couple kick returns. He fumbled. That's about it. Uh, so, no, I think you say thanks, Deontay. Appreciate you. Good luck in free agency. And he'll get paid. He'll get a contract. Right? Like, like th- there is a market for kick returners, for quality returners. It's not going to be the market he wants because he wants to be a receiver. And he wants to get paid like that. But I think he's going to end up getting paid somewhere in the range of what he made this year. Um, like Jakeem Grant, I, like the, he's the Jakeem Grant is the contract that I think you would look at as Deontay Hardy and say, this is what I want to hit, which, cause he's essentially the same player, right? He signed a three year, $10 million contract this season for the, yeah, with the Browns. There's no way. Not with the saints. No. Right. But uh, the- like with somebody else is what I'm saying. Like there's going to be a team out there who really values their return game, who really thinks they want to take a step up in that regard. Maybe they underperformed this year and they see it as one of the reasons they struggled. And they're like, you know what? We have cap space. We want to make sure we just nail it. And they bring in Deontay on a decent deal. Like three years, 10 million. It's, it's, a, it's a good contract for a kick returner. It's not a ton of money. <laughs> You're talking 3.3 million a season, which is less than Deontay made this year. So... I'm just saying, like that's what's that's what you're going to be looking at. And hey, maybe maybe if you're not super active in free agency, you it might even help you get you know a seventh round pick down the road. Who knows? But that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know how big of a mark it's going to be for Hardy, just because of he's had an issue with the injuries, and you got to worry about the fumbles. I feel like you can find a younger guy that can do it all the time at that at the position. They'll just wear the next guy out, kind of thing. No, because the Saints feel that way. The Saints feel that way because they're good at it. Not every team is good at it. A lot of teams want to take the shortcut of signing the Saints special teams players. Deontay is going to get a contract because of the reputation the Saints have. Straight up. 
It's going to happen. Like Justin Hardy, look at him. Like guys come off the Saints special team squad and like other teams are like on him. So I will guarantee you he gets a decent, I don't know if he's going to get three years, 10 million and partially because he's been hurt all year. So that's not going to help him. He right. like he hasn't been able to have that contract year kind of performance. But he's a, f- a former all pro. Yeah, right. He's going to get a contract. Again, like that's what I would, if I'm Deontay and I'm going into free agency, that's the deal I would hold out and be like, this is what I want. You want an all pro returner? This is what you're going to pay me. And, you know, if no one bites, then yeah, maybe he, maybe he takes a smaller deal. But I think that's, that's a reasonable contract for a guy who, you know, people want to pretend that they, that they don't want to pay the kick returner, but then suddenly you don't have a kick returner and you start, you start muffing some punts and you start losing ground. You know, you don't feel the kick. You probably should have. And suddenly you're pinned inside your five. And you're like, man, we should have paid. You know, we could have probably afforded $3 million for, for an elite kick returner, right? So, yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. I think it's obviously clear from the Saints aspect. Why wouldn't you boost, promote, whatever you want to say with a guy like Shahid since we want more now? I mean, I would, I just would think next year, you know, you could, you, he could legitimately be like Deontay Hardy 2.0 where he could really be more part of the offense, not just a special teams guy. Well, that is a problem, though, right? One of, one of the reasons that I always felt like Deontay was a little limited in the offense was because you do need him on special teams. And so, you know, it's tough because you, all of a sudden, you you know, he's he's running routes and then he gets hit and he's out and all of a sudden, like, who's back there turning kicks now, right? So you got to weigh that a little bit. Like, he is taking hits on those plays. But yeah, I mean, he has been excellent as a returner. I think he's only going to get better as he gets a little more confident. Um, and he's been excellent as a deep, a deep threat. Like I think his ability to take the top off the defense and allow Chris Olave to work underneath and run some more finesse routes has been helpful. If you had a more, more powerful armed quarterback, then I think you, you have some really intriguing hmm. possibilities down the road, but for now, yeah, I mean, I think you're really happy with, I think that move and that decision to bring him in was spot on. They did a great job. They found him out of Weber state. Um, and, uh, he's going to be a good, good player for a long time. Now, just imagine in fa- good old fantasy land next year where you get a healthy Michael Thomas back with Chris Olave. And you also got Rashid Shahid in there in that mix for who, for whoever you draft in the first round. Thanks for the Sean Payton pick. Yeah. <laughs> Although Andy will still be starting week one next year. Yeah, probably the quote unquote bridge guy. <laughs> That's exactly what he is. Jonas, Avery, Tomasi. Again, I feel like Andy Dalton is doing everything he can. Guys just need to catch the ball. He does need to make better choices. Yeah, I mean, it's the 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 obvious, the easy thing is to be like, oh, change the quarterback, do this, do that. And I mean, I think I, I, the me, ball's hit guys in the head. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I've got more I've got more problems with the offensive line as a whole than I do the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like you could make a change at quarterback, and I, I don't think it's gonna make a fundamental difference in like how you're operating, but it's like Andy, if you had told me how Andy would have played going into this season, I would have been like, yeah, this team's going to be fine because the defense is going to carry them like it did last year. And you know, you're going to, you're going to get star performances out of Alvin Kamara and you're going to do all this and not all that stuff hasn't happened. No. And it's kind of sad. Now Chris Olave's like rookie of the year stock seems to be plummeting. Yeah. And yeah. everyone- well, but again, I don't, I don't know if that's about his performance, right? I think it's about when you're on a bad team, you're not going to win those awards. He didn't have that catch. 
He didn't make that catch last game. That's a big no-no. Yeah, but his stats are still. I mean, like, but the rookie of the year, the offensive rookie of the year voters aren't watching every game and being like, oh, he had a chance to make a big catch during. He didn't make it. They're just looking at the numbers, right? And his numbers are excellent. Like, he's probably going to still break tank Michael Thomas's rookie receiving record. And so, like, you're looking at that and you're like, okay, you know, if this team was nine and four, he would be right up there. At four and nine, you have to be otherworldly good. Yeah. To absolutely. win that. Right. And so you look at the teams that are up there. You know, you have like a Garrett Wilson and you have Kenneth Walker was up there. I think he's fallen off because he's been hurt. Yeah. Christian Watson is another one who just showed up no, late in the year. Yeah. There's no way. And, and I mean, like, so it's. You have to be playing for something. And that's why Garrett Wilson is the favorite right now, because they are still playing for something in the AFC East. Um, and so that's, you know, I, I think that's a big thing because it's a popularity mean, contest at the end of the day. Has Wilson been scoring touchdowns? I know he had at least one the other day. Yeah, he's been he's been coming on strong. He had a rough start and he's doing it independent of the quarterback play, right? He's catching passes from Mike White. Yeah, he so yeah, we can't give that little, you know, small little fiddle. Oh, poor us. We got no quarterback. He's got Mike White throwing to him. Yeah, but Mike White has lost both of his games. He got the red <laughs> rocket and the and the white mic. Right. It sounds like a, <laughs> it's a great uh, duo. Yeah. Well, well, like for example, Damian Pierce was up there all year, but then everyone's like, oh, one and eleven and one. Oh my gosh, I can't vote for this guy. And that's that's kind of where you're at. But all, again, too, that like that's those are odds. <laughs> So it's not like these are the voters, but those are just the odds makers, and they usually get it right. So that's uh, I think that's kind of where you're at. How many TDs Alave have right now? Two. That's hurting Three. him too. Is the touchdowns? Yeah, no, but you know Wilson. I, I just looked. He's got four. He's got two touch. He's got two two touchdown games. So four yeah. four on the year. Yeah, that's nothing like blowing Olave away though. No, no. The the only reason Garrett Wilson is up there and Chris Olave isn't is the Jets are still playing for something at this point in the season. And that's a that's a, a big thing when you're talking about these awards. It's a popularity contest. We're, we're not a favorite of anybody lately, it seems like. Schwegman Bag, and I'm going to read this verbatim, says he would much rather see Zion Williams play quarterback next season than Dalton. Is that is he related to Leap Day William? Is that a creative character from Madden? No, it's a 30 Rock reference. Leap Day William. Anyway. I'm just looking at Zion Williams. Yeah, Zion Williamson. They'd rather see Zion Williamson play quarterback next season. I disagree. We actually talked to Cesar Ruiz about this, and he agrees Zion is more of a tight end than a quarterback. That's all yeah, huh? my take. Yeah. He's not going quarterback? Come on. Maybe a fullback. Man, there's, there's sometimes you think that there isn't much Zion can't do, so I don't know. Well, his leaping ability – so I think, you know, people look at him and they're like, man, he looks like a linebacker. It's, but, like – Leaping ability doesn't really help you in the NFL as much as it might in other sports. Like that's why basketball leap, leaping ability in basketball is huge. But like, how often do you, you know, as a big guy, right, as a wide receiver, you might be well, able to use it too. Like you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Right. So like, I think he picked the right sport. Yeah, it's funny when you see a lot of guys in their former like and like baseball players. What do you think? What What's his name? Kyler Murray'd rather be doing playing baseball, probably <laughs> playing Call of Duty, <laughs> <laughs> playing MLB the Show. <laughs> yeah, watch how good I am. Well, watch one of these. Like, like in three years, Kyler Murray is going to be retired from the NFL and playing esports with Gordon Hayward. See, that's back and making more money. Back to full circle. If if Kyler Murray's not going anywhere, does Sean Payton really want to coach Arizona? 
Kyler Murray's tore his ACL. Right. But even um, for next year, we're saying. We're talking about Sean Payton again. I'm just, I'm blown away by still thinking that he could return to New Orleans. I can't, I cannot envision it still. I think, I think it's a great Disney fairy tale. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think so. We, like we, we went over this. I had like a 10 minute rant about the only way I think it makes sense. And I still think that that's reasonable is he shows up with Tom Brady in his arms and says, Guys, I'm sorry. Take me back. And that's what happens. But I think the issue is going to be convincing a team to trade for him. Because that really limits your options. It's not just where he'd want to be. It's which team would trade for him. And if he wants to go somewhere with Tom Brady, which I think is a realistic possibility, then that can only be like so many teams. Like it couldn't even be the Chargers if he wants to team up with Tom Brady. Because they What about the Raiders? pretty good quarterback maybe the Raiders right maybe but then it's like geez you think this team that sucks is going to trade two first round picks is that going to make you better (laughs) right so I just don't know it's like it's such a weird thing to even consider trading for a head coach because you can't assess the value till you have the players and you can't get the players if you trade the players so right As, as that head coach you're going into a new deal knowing that you you are at a disadvantage you yeah you're being acquired has put your new team at a disadvantage right because you're there. Exactly. Because they, yeah. they wanted you, buddy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your ability to win is being damaged by the fact that you're there. And, you know, Sean Payton's a confident guy. Like, I'm sure that he wouldn't ever look at it that way. But, like, that's the reality. And you have, you'd have to be a pretty confident person to walk in there and be like, oh, yeah, you screwed me over. <laughs> but I'm going to win anyway. I could see Sean mumbling something like, oh, I cost, I cost this team a – a first rounder and two thirds or something, you know, whatever. right. Like he would like use it as a point of pride of like how valuable he was. Like I'm sure John Gruden brings that up at parties about how much the bucks traded to get him. Ridiculous. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we, we, and he did it. I, he succeeded. See, I can't imagine a team paying that much in draft capital for Sean. You would have to be ready to win that. Like you would have to feel like you had a title caliber roster. And that's the tough thing is I don't, I mean, what team is that other than maybe the chargers? Like what team, the Cowboys, that like teams that really honestly feel like they have a title caliber roster. You think McCarthy's going anywhere now? No, no. Unless the, the, the Cowboys like flame out like crazy. I don't know. Maybe Chicago for Sean with Justin Fields. Sean doesn't want to go live in the cold. He's, he's a Chicago guy. I was just, I'm doing like some connections. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he could go, maybe he could go coach the, the, the Jets. Mar- Parcells did so. I would I would say maybe whoever's going to pony up the dough, that's who's going to get Sean. I mean, in both aspects, in the draft and his contract. Well, that's my question. So, <laughs> if you bring him back, do you just put him on the same contract? Or do you have to renegotiate? I, I don't even know because <laughs> he has money left. Maybe like make him part owner. You have to be like, come on, Sean. You should be happy to be back, Sean. We will let you live. In uh, Faubourg Brewery. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's got to have some nice amenities there. I imagine so. All right. I think uh, I think we got we got through it all there. Luis Lockett is saying we should put where the bags unless Sean Payton comes back and we can take him off. I don't think we're I don't think we're there. Yet. I think you have to be bad for at least two seasons before you can justifiably put a bag on your head. Right. Like one season. It happens. Two seasons. Okay, head's got to roll. Uh, 
but that's that's just where I'm at. All right. Thanks everyone for listening to Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. He follows Steve Geller on Twitter at Steve Geller WWL. It's not like Sarah Michelle. It's like G-E-L-L-E-R W-W-L. Yes. Check out WWL AM FM on Twitter, WWL.com for the latest news, WWL Sports on YouTube and over on Facebook. And then check out Sports Talk 48 PM. WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 and always free on the Odyssey app just like this podcast which if you're not subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast get the hell out of here just kidding just hit that button and then I'll be nice to you all right I said WW at least 17 times in that like one stretch so no one can get mad at me for not plugging the brand you didn't give enough weather updates is what they'll give you crap about weather updates <laughs> weather yes, updates. You, need, you need to break in parish by parish no, it's gonna rain. I'll go. Hold on, let me go outside and check my weather rock. Yes, if it's wet, it means it's raining. That's how. That's how that works. All right. Just so everyone knows, we're gonna come back. We're gonna be back tomorrow with a Falcons preview podcast. This has just been kind of a a break in, like you know, weird schedule week. Um, and then next week we're gonna have the same kind of post game pod with then getting back into our normal routine. Uh, for Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for at least the rest of the regular season. And then in the playoffs, we're going to shift back into two days a week. So that's your schedule update. And otherwise, we're going to we're gonna keep coming at you. How are you doing, Steve? Ready to go? We are ready to rock in the last Final Four, baby. And ready then, to rock and drop. I'm hoping rock and rise. At least, at least win two of the four. Rock and roll into a ditch. Oof. You got it. You got to beat the Panthers and Falcons. That's all I'm asking right now. Yeah, they're also they're in the ditch already. <laughs> they, you can beat. You can pile on the people in the ditch with you. Yeah, yeah. You can just knock Desmond Ritter down by the ankle, and he's in there too. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Peace.